Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Thursday, the 8th of December. First up, this is insane. Well, 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 looks like the team over at PV has done it again. This time, the dean, a dean of students, uh, on tape, admitting to passing out toys, you know, bedroom toys, to young ones. Uh, And this is... The dean at an elite Chicago private school brags about bringing these toys being brought into class for kids to pass around. The dean of students at an elite private school in Chicago was allegedly recorded. I mean, I'll show you the video. Undercover admitting to having a group come into the classroom and pass out these toys during Pride Week for students to examine and learn about uh, LGBTQ bedroom activities. The video is captured by the conservative action group PV and posted on social media Wednesday evening. The video shows Joseph Bruno, Dean of Students, Francis W. Parker School, which costs tens of thousands of dollars to attend, telling an undercover activist for PV that activities that take place in the classroom. Quote, so I've been Dean for four years. During Pride, we do a Pride Week every year. I had our LGBTQ plus health center come into the classroom, he states. They were passing our own rear end plugs and uh and other toys to my students talking about using lube versus spit they're just like passing around these things he continued the kids are just playing with them looking at them they're like how does this b plug work how do we like how does this work that's a really cool part of my job we had a drag queen come in pass out cookies and brownies and do photos he added when asked if parents would care if they found out what was if they found out what was happening inside of the classroom, Bruno responded, "No, it's LGBTQ hookup stuff." When asked if everybody's cool with what was going on, Bruno said that no one complains. Bruno suggests that he would not need to get permission to hold these types of events in the classroom because the trustees would approve of it. He said that the students in the classroom were as young as 14. Bruno said that he had so much freedom to and so much money to do stuff. It's a really cool part of the job was teaching these types of things to students. Now, of course, they've responded. I mean, the video exists. I mean. LGBTQ plus health center come in. They were passing around. But- I can't even like. I can't even play what he says, but. You know, if the students are 18, okay, fine. But, I mean, 14, a little young to be passing around, like, bedroom toys, probably, and then without the parents' consent. And apparently the school sent an email going after PV and defending the school's comprehensive approach to this type of education. Please know this video contains descriptive language. If you you choose to view it, we ask that you not share it because it will add to... Wait, we ask you not to share it. Right? What? I don't get it. Dear Parker community, at Parker, we care deeply about health, well-being, and development of our students. Our programs are designed to help cultivate not only physical and emotional well-being, but also a strong sense of belonging. This sounds like grooming to me, right? This is our central, it's the central to our mission. That's why we're heartbroken to learn that one of our colleagues' words have been severely misrepresented. They weren't. They're 100% in context. That's what, always, that's what everyone always says about Veritas. They're like... Oh, they, they share stuff out of context, blah, 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 blah. No, they don't. 
it's completely in context and you see the video. What do you, there, what do you mean? There's no non-context to that. A, PB, a far right activist group that produces deceptively edited videos of secret recordings in an effort to discredit mainstream media organizations, progressive groups, and educational institutions. Last week at our National Association of Independent Schools People of Color Conference, one of our employees was targeted by this group. He was misled to believe he was conversing with another conference attendee over coffee. He was filmed, got him in the honeypot. He was filmed without his knowledge or permission, don't care, while describing one of the examples of our inclusive LGBTQ plus affirming and comprehensive approach to education, bedroom education. This group has now edited the video with malicious intent and launched it publicly tonight. Please know this video contains descriptive language. If you choose to view it, we ask you not to share it. Oh, I get it now. I get it now. They're asking people not to share it. Oh, yeah, definitely don't share this video. There's a little button underneath that says share. And, and there, if you open a new tab, definitely don't go on Twitter and share my video covering it. Earlier, this same group attempted to ambush our employee at the school and was escorted off campus without incident by our security. While we have no reason to believe there is any kind of threat, we have worked with Alderman's office. By the way, they don't talk about... And then they deleted their account, by the way. If they aren't ashamed of their curriculum, why did they delete their account? They deleted their Twitter account. Isn't that interesting? Why do you, th why do you think they do that? Joe Bruno. Yes. Hi there. Um, James O'Keefe with Project Veritas. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> camera He's here talking about giving toys and <laughs> butt plugs to little children. Gone. Loves. The kids are just playing with them. Sir, why are you running? Why are you running away? Why are you running? To children. We understand we're reporters asking someone a question. We are leaving. You bet. As you can see, he ran into the building as quickly as possible. Are we allowed to stand on the sidewalk, sir? Thank you. We're going to stand on the sidewalk right here. Um, are you, do you know a Joseph Bruno? Bruno? Bueller. <laughs> We're filming you too. Joe Bruno, your dean of students, talking about giving sex. So giving various bedroom toys to kids. It's, it's interesting that if you did nothing wrong, why did you delete your Twitter account? Right? It seems like a very reasonable question to ask. Now, here's what I will say. It's a private school. My guess is they did not inform the parents. In fact, he said they did not inform the parents. But it's a private school. If they are not getting any kind of federal funding and parents choose to send their kids to this creep academy, that's their choice. But I suspect that they were not forthcoming with what they were teaching. I suspect that they were not telling them that they were passing out uh, rear end plugs to, to kids playing with it talking about the difference between using spit and lube to somebody who's a teen now i'm no prude but again this is another great example of these teachers interjecting themselves into you know as the parents this is absolutely a conversation for a parent and their child this is not a conversation for some mustachioed weirdo to bring somebody in and pass out toys to the classroom. 
I just, I mean, it feels like grooming to me. I mean, I don't really know what else to call it. Hey, hey, kids, stick this up. Why don't you sit on one of these? That's what we do, and it's cool. I'm sure is how it was presented. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, you know, these stories are so sad, but I think important, you know, covering them is so important. Um, and the work that Veritas does is very, very important. You know, they DM'd me last night, their story, and, you know, I said I would cover it because it's that big of a deal. These people are also working in the public school market too. You know, that, that's, that's, you know, I'm more concerned about getting them out of public schools. If you want to, you know, weird stuff, at least the free market can decide if they want their kids going through that. This, I would be willing to bet you, okay? I would be willing to bet you dollars of donuts that a lot of parents did not know about this and a lot of parents are not okay with it. I am certain that there are conservative families I'm sure that there are liberal families that are not okay with some weirdo coming in the classroom and passing out lube to their kids. That's why they're running and hiding. That's why they're deleting their accounts. They always try to put on this brave front about, oh yeah, everyone knew we were doing it. Yeah, that's why you deleted your account. Absolute monsters. Nice work again, James. And next up, this is a disgrace. Brittany Griner freed in exchange for civilian safety and the Marine left to rot. Essentially, this is where we're at in this country right now. A Marine stays rotting in prison. So a female basketball player who couldn't go a day without her herb pen uh, could be free. And in exchange to free Brittany Griner, a woman that, I think, someone who hates this country, we leave behind a Marine and we give Russia the merchant of death. This is a man that was jailed for 25 years for trying to end American lives. He tried selling missiles to down U.S. passenger jets. Okay? He armed the Terries. He stole $32 billion worth of weapons from Ukraine. This is the guy that inspired the Nicolas Cage film, Lord of War. That's who we gave, that's who we freed in exchange for a basketballer who made the knowing decision, the, the free and clear-minded decision to try and cross the border with her weed pen into a country where she knew it was illegal. And we set free this monster. Meanwhile, leaving behind Paul Whelan, a Marine saying, quote, he, he has spoken and said, I don't understand why I'm still sitting here. My bags are packed. Devastated Paul Whelan breaks the silence from Russian penal colony as his brother slams his catastrophic exclusion from this prisoner swap. You mean to tell me we couldn't get, you couldn't get Paul Whelan too in exchange for maybe the worst criminal in, 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 you know, in, in that we had of international criminal? This is an embarrassment for this country. The people celebrating this are embarrassment. Um, you, 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 you traded somebody who is basically in on like a misdemeanor for somebody off death row. 
Former U.S. Marine Paul Whelan has spoken out from Russian prison, saying he is disappointed the Biden administration has not done more to secure his release during a prisoner swap to free WNBA star Brittany Griner. Well, no, Hollywood didn't ask for that. Hollywood didn't, you know, put their arms together and sing a song for him. They don't even know who he is. Make no, make no mistake about it. Biden could have tossed this man into the deal. There's no question in my mind. And then at least I would say, well, at least we got this Marine back. He was not a part of the, Paul Whelan was not a part of Thursday's controversial prisoner swap, which saw the Saudi crown prince broker Griner's release in exchange for Russian arms dealer known as the merchant of death. Republicans have accused President Joe Biden of favoring celebrities over veterans. Duh. As Whelan is left to languish in a Russian penal colony on espionage charges that his family and U.S. government say are baseless. I am greatly disappointed that more has not been done to secure my release, especially as the four-year anniversary of my arrest is coming up. Whelan told CNN in a phone call from a remote Russian penal colony where he was serving a 16-year sentence. I was arrested for a crime that never occurred, he said. I don't understand why I'm still sitting here. My bags are packed. I'm ready to go home. I just need an airplane to come get me, added Whelan. It's quite obvious that I'm being held hostage. Griner, a WNBA star, imprisoned on herb-related charges, will be returned to the U.S. in exchange for a Russian arms dealer. Griner was all smiles on the tarmac as she approached the American delegation. I wonder if she's going to stand for the American anthem. Probably not. Republican Mike Waltz and former Green Beret asked, where is a U.S. Marine, where is U.S. Marine Paul Whelan, who has been unjustly held by Russia for far longer? Celebrities over veterans? Representative Adam Kinzinger, a former pilot in the U.S. Air Force, also cried foul. So basketball stars released so we can celebrate, but what about Paul Whelan? An American unjustly detained for years. May not be high profile, but he is innocent. This is a dangerous road. Whelan is being held in a penal colony, which is located in a remote Russian province of Mordova. His family says conditions are grim and they fear for his safety. Well, no kidding. David Whelan, Paul's brother, said in a statement that the family was glad that Brittany was on her way home, but expressed disappointment that Paul remained in prison four years after his arrest on espionage charges, which, of course, he denies. Despite the possibility that there may be, may be an exchange without Paul, our family is still devastated. I can't even fathom how Paul will feel when he learns. Paul has worked so hard to survive nearly four years of injustice. His hopes had soared with knowledge that the U.S. government was ta taking concrete steps towards his release. He'd been worrying about where he'd live when he got back to the United States. Paul Whelan, of course, was arrested on spying charges during which he was says he was on a tourist trip to Moscow in December 2018. In 2020, he was convicted and sentenced to 16 years in a maximum security jail. He denied all charges and his family and the U.S. government have said they are baseless. But get that, get that grinder, get that basketballer, get that basketballer. Athletes, Micah Parsons, shout out to this guy. Dallas Cowboy player, we're still not voting for you. Wait, nah, we left a Marine? Heck nah. I have family who have served, and it's crazy to me that the president wouldn't bring him home too. I'm the furthest thing from a Trump supporter, but I'm no fan of Biden. 
Like, why isn't Whelan coming home? This is absolute insanity. Even Dave Portnoy chimed in. States, Biden just traded for her. Um, and well, you know, I'm happy Griner's back. In fact, I think I was one of the first people to start talking about this story. Skip ahead a little bit here. United States, whatever. Like, no American should be in a Russian prison for basically life because they have weed in their backpack. I went to Mexico. I had weed. I ended up in jail. People fuck up. Um, having said that, Victor Bout, that's who we traded to get Brittany Grind back. Um, the guy's nickname is the Merchant of Death. He's an international terrorist. He's an international arms dealer. He sells weapons to Al-Qaeda, uh, the Taliban. He basically, if you want to kill Americans, this is where you get your weapons for. That's who we traded for Brittany Griner. Again, happy she's back, but uh, this is the worst trade in the history of all time. In fact, it's basically irresponsible by Biden. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Meanwhile, we got a Marine, Paul Whelan, who's still there four years. No, I get it. One's espionage, one's smoking weed. But you get the feeling if there weren't so many celebrities being like, get Griner back. Why is Griner not back? If they're saying, get Whelan back, I get the feeling he'd be back. I mean, this trade is just nuts. It feels like a PR stunt. There's no way the United States is safer. God forbid the merchant of death. Like, how would you feel if the merchant of death goes back to his usual tricks and, saw, and Americans die in the future? Because what? We needed to get the girl who smoked weed back? Yeah, it sucks, but that trade makes no sense. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. That Biden got absolutely fleeced. Invite him into my fantasy league. I mean, I totally agree. If you're going to trade the merchant of death, I would expect you to clear their roster. Anybody who's being held, American citizens, any American citizens who are being held should be released. This is, uh, you know, just one of the most disgusting Joe Biden plea for attentions, PR moves. If Whelan, I mean, what? And then now this guy's going to go back out there and be selling weapons again, right? Of course he is. That's what he knows how to do. That's what he does. That's where his connections are. You think his connections are gone? His connections aren't gone. So we let this guy go who now immediately puts Americans at risk and other citizens around the world so we could get this loser, America-hating, zealist basketball player back. It just, it's sickening. And not a lot of people knew about Paul Whelan. Hopefully, some of these moronic celebrities will start demanding our government do something to get him back, but they won't. The reason they care about Brittany Griner is because she's black and gay. Nobody cares about her playing basketball. Nobody watches the WNBA. Let's, I mean, does anybody actually disagree with me on that? The reason Brittany Griner mattered is because she's black and gay. And our government left a U.S. Marine to rot in a Russian prison colony so that he could get a few likes and retweets. It's absolutely disgusting. This guy's gonna, I mean, this guy's gonna put Americans' lives at risk immediately, by the way. Immediately. Like, are you kidding me with this guy? Joe Biden is an absolute pathetic loser. And next up today, Elon Musk begins mass unbannings finally as he roasts journalists for lame strike. Some interesting 
news as uh, Elon dunks on the New York Times pathetic uh, walkout today, the digital picket lines of it, as well as the hilarious, cringeworthy reactions by journalists, and quietly has unbanned some pretty spicy figures. It looks like, at least according to uh, those tracking, the unbannings have resumed. Elon tweeted out this this morning, Woke v. Woke, New York Times Union starts one-day strike. Negotiators for the company and the union, which represents most of the newsroom, have failed to come to agreement on salaries, health and retirement benefits, and other issues. Now, if the New York Times went away tomorrow, the world would be a better place, in my opinion. The New York Times is a de facto left-wing advertising outlet. It is not unbiased journalism, and it has been for a very long time. I think that these hidden biases, it's like it's one thing when Fox does it or CNN does it because you kind of know where their bias is and where their slant lies. But when it's like the New York Times and people try to say, oh, it was in the New York Times, like the New York Times is the same thing as CNN. New York Times is the same thing as MSNBC. I mean, this is a place that employed Taylor Lorenz. It is not a place of integrity and journalistic, uh, you know, hard work. It is a left-wing, like, arm of the government, a tool that helps, you know, suppress Americans, you know, pro-lockdowns, all this kind of stuff. A lot of the comments here, Matt Wallace, go woke, go broke. Uh, you know, you get a lot of people, unions are a good thing. Nothing wrong with workers being paid well and having rights. I disagree. I don't think unions are a good thing, maybe in, in very rare examples. And I think that, great, your union walked out. Let's see what happens. The, what's hilarious about this, if you read the article, it's a 24-hour strike, right? And it is a digital picket line. They're literally asking people to not play Wordle. Reporters and editors from the New York Times began a one-day strike on Thursday, saying talks between their union and the company had dragged on and showed little progress. More than 1,000, I'm sorry, 1,100 employees signed a pledge of strike for 24 hours. The union negotiating the contract, which is part of the News Guild of New York, represents 1,400 employees of the newsroom and most areas of the company. More than 1,800 people work in the Times newsroom. That's crazy. Why do you have that many people working to just pump out propaganda? Now, what's in interesting is I want to pull up the, the digital, the digital, oh, I didn't have the picket line. I was trying to find the digital picket line thing. Maybe that's in the Washington Post. The most dramatic move by union workers at the company in decades follows months-long negotiations over pay and other issues. I mean, they can all go away. I, are there good people that work at the New York Times? I would imagine. I, I'm, I would imagine. But I'm judging it by their output and the fact that they're like, please don't play Wordle. New York Times workers ask you to take a break from your Wordle streak on Thursday. You need to, not them. Members of the New York Times are asking readers not to cross a digital picket line while they're on a 24-hour walkout. Uh, you know what? I would argue that the overwhelming majority of people who play Wordle, I've never played it. I'm not judging people who do. 
they have no idea that the New York Times bought it. They have no idea that it has anything to do with the New York Times, unless maybe they have a big advertisement on it now. Nobody cares about journalists. The union is asking the Times for wages to keep up with inflation. Well, maybe you shouldn't help with the guy in the office. And a $65,000 salary floor for the lowest paid positions. So every single person at the New York Times makes a minimum of 65 k a year, which I suppose living in, if you have to live in New York, that's not as big of a salary as it is as if you live in the Midwest. If you live in the Midwest, 65 grand, you're living pretty large. I mean, you're, you've got a house for sure. You're paying, you got a house, not a one bedroom apartment. It'll be interesting to watch, um, you know, exactly how this works out. But I couldn't care less if the times just crumbled tomorrow. Speaking of which, mass unbannings of suspended Twitter users is now underway. Thousands of previously banned Twitter users, including members of the far right and users sharing blatant misinformation, have begun having their accounts restored to the platform, according to an independent analysis. The mass restoration of accounts comes after new owner Elon Musk said last month that he would go out for general amnesty to many who had been removed from the platform. In following through with that commitment, however, Musk further risks alienating other users and advertisers and exacerbating concerns among watchdog groups. Watchdog groups. You mean bully organizations? We saw this article yesterday on livestream where it was like, oh, uh, uh, Uber and Amazon ads appeared on this far right guy's Twitter page. So nobody looks at an ad showing next to some idiot's tweet and thinks, oh, the brand must endorse them. Among those recently unbanned are a range of long, large and small accounts, including users promoting NFTs, users tweeting about sports, many users tweeting in languages other than English, as well as other users that appear to be left-leaning and pro-Trump, according to observations by CNN. So just about everybody? So it seems that the people who are restored uh, are equal. Right, but the restored accounts also include far right figures. They also include far left figures, but CNN's not worried about that, right? You have people, you know, associated with the Stormer and all these other weirdos. A number of accounts restored in recent days include many with thousands of followers. User first tweets in years to thank Musk for allowing them back on the platform, according to a review of their post by CNN. Some also quickly began sharing conspiracy theories about issues such as the coup in the election. A data set of many, by the way, misinformation TM, a data set of the many unbanned accounts compiled by researcher and software developer Travis Brown, who worked for Twitter in 2014 and last year began a project tracking hurt speech on the platform, allows dozens of users who have had their bans reversed are using Q-related phrases or hashtags. The data set was built. Okay, who cares? Right? And again, it said, I found it really hard to generalize about how and why certain accounts are allowed back. It's because they're not going case by case, you moron. They're just reinstating accounts. There's no way he's sitting there. This is a, there's no way Elon Musk is sitting there like pressing the button to restore certain accounts. There's just batches that are getting restored. And, and some of them will be a mistake, maybe. Some of them will be people that were banned by mistake. Some of them people that were banned for legitimate reasons that you know probably should maybe not be back. I don't know. But he has said, you know, 
you have a lot of these people. I mean, I've noticed more people on my menchies and also more bots and spam too. But they say ads for major brands, including Kia, Amazon, Snap, and Uber have already begun appearing alongside mean accounts. So that's what they're doing. The media's attacking, you know, essentially they're his advertisers saying, oh my God, and an ad appeared next to a naughty person. We don't like him. We saw Laura Loomer came back. Roger Stone came back. See, these are some of the bigger ones. Roger Stone has 300,000 followers. Laura Loomer, she's relatively large, I think. Um, both have their controversial pasts, but nonetheless, they're back and people are mad about it, which is, I suppose, the funny thing to me. At least I think it's funny. Uh-oh. Uh, I've been having an internet problem all day, so it's probably just my internet. I hope you enjoyed this video. I hope that if you're waiting on a restoration of your account, that it happens very soon. And last up today, Elon Musk agrees to release all the files to the public. Uh, I had two super sad videos to start the day. So we'll probably have to do like two of the Christmas openings at the end of each of the non-sad videos. We also have the Twitter files today, live at 4 p.m. Central. We'll be joined by Sydney Watson today at some point as well. Uh, if we get any new leaks, but interesting little story. Elon Musk says most important, some of the most important Twitter, da Twitter data was deleted or hidden from former boss and founder Jack Dorsey as he vows, quote, everything we find will be released. Now, uh, if you're enjoying my coverage of the Twitter files and you haven't yet, please make today the day you subscribe. I know if you have to create an account or whatever, it's a pain in the rear end, but I would greatly appreciate it. New chief to it, Elon Musk, claimed the most important Twitter data was deleted or hidden from the company's founder and CEO. Twitter CEO Elon Musk has vowed that everything we find will be released as his newly acquired company continues to release the Twitter files which deal with the suppression of information surrounding the president's son's computer. On Wednesday, Jack Dorsey replied to Musk's tweet about delaying the second batch of Twitter files, calling the new CEO, calling on the new CEO to quote release everything at once. If the goal is transparency to build trust, why not just release everything without filter and let people judge for themselves, including all discussions around current and future actions? Question mark. Dorsey wrote, "Make everything public now." Now, if you watched, if you're on my Twitter file stream yesterday, uh, you heard the longer version, but I'll give you the short version of why I think people, of course, are pushing for this. One, maybe Jack Dorsey legitimately doesn't believe there's anything to see, perhaps. But what I think is that media in particular and politicians who feel like maybe they're going to be implicated by this are hoping that he will just release everything in a deluge, so to speak, so people get confused and people don't, you know, like people gloss over it. Like this is why there's a lot of big news stories on like Friday afternoons, right? They drop a bunch of data on a Friday afternoon and then everyone forgets about it by Monday. That's what they did with the Panama Papers, 11.5 million pages for people to go through. It was just too much. Now, again, I do think bringing additional resources in to pour through these documents would be smart. I think uh, having... Um, like WikiLeaks and stuff like that help redact things. I think that's important. But also like the whole release the files. I mean, this isn't like a government operation where there's just files and files and files in an easily searchable way. Twitter just has like Slack conversations and emails and maybe there's some other messaging service. 
They've got different conversations in different Slack groups and different, there isn't exactly the files to be released. I think that this is like a weird request because you can't. There's it's like, unless he just says, you know, release this internal Slack database for everyone, I don't know. But Elon has responded saying most important data was hidden from you too. And some maybe have been deleted, but everything we find will be released. Meaning all these um, like little clout monsters, I guess you could include myself in that, but I'm not asking for the files, but people who are these little independent reporters that are hoping that they get their big break by getting access to these files, they'll get them at some point. And there'll be something that Barry Weiss and Matt Taibbi miss. Right now, as of today, now we didn't get any new Twitter files yesterday. I strongly suspect we will today. That's, at, I'm guessing around four o'clock. That's why I'm gonna go live at four. But I, I think that it's important to drip it out, um, to have a slow, steady release of information. However, I do also believe that we can't have this like three, four day, five days in between where nobody knows, nobody has any idea if anything information is going to get released. We're all just sitting around because what's going to happen is people are going to get sick of waiting. Like, I think if he were to say, hey, we're going to have a Twitter file release every day at four o'clock, you know, like clockwork, that would be fine. But this like, sit on Matt and Barry Weiss's Twitter page and keep constantly refreshing it, hoping she leaks some information out. That's not sustainable. You know, people will do it for maybe this week, but eventually people are going to move on from the story anyway. So if there is stuff to release, then it's time to release it. We saw yesterday that uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, had his daughter working at Twitter. And it was just a, uh, oh, by the way, during a deposition, he's like, oh yeah, my daughter worked at Twitter. No Big deal. I'm sure it was just a coincidence. I'm sorry, a coincidence. I'm sure that's all it is. But, uh, you know, you have lots of connections. Obviously, we found out the day before that you had a former FBI general counsel member scrubbing the Twitter files before they ever even got to the reporters. So who knows what was deleted, removed, withheld. I suspect that'll be the first thing we see is the difference between what was given to that lawyer and what we actually got. Now, if they are releasing everything, it's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, if they had stuff to release, here's the thing, like if they had stuff to release last weekend, then certainly they have something to release. So there's certainly something coming. But you see Politico, Elon Musk's release of the Twitter documents on the president's son has slowed. Here's why. Five days later, for all of Musk's promotion and drum rolling, there have been no further releases. Just freewheeling online chat Saturday night that featured a cast of colorful personalities talking about free speech. The delay offers a window into some of the challenges Musk is facing as he attempts to a radical overhaul of the platform he just bought, changing not just the company's staffing and strategy, but its politics, shifting a largely progressive-leaning platform to one committed to more of a libertarian vision of free speech. Taibbi said on Tuesday that complications involved involving a Twitter lawyer had been holding up the rest of the documents, suggesting a lawyer was working at the odds with Musk's executives. Musk had tweeted 20 minutes earlier to say that the lawyer had been exited from the company. In an earlier text exchange with Politico, Taibbi had pointed to internal conflict and Twitter's own corporate culture as the source of the delay. The company is used to operating in open defiance of its CEO, Taibbi said. 
Now, most of the higher ranking people are gone, but this is still a logistical battle more than anything. So if you see delays and other head scratching things, please keep that in mind. Should or not respond, uh, respond to uh, uh, requests for comments. So meaning we had Vijaya Gadi, we had this general counsel, we had, you know, <laughs> Fauci's daughter working there. Who knows how many other operatives working at, at Twitter and doing so as he writes, as in open defiance of their leader. Now, I don't think that this absolves Jack Dorsey. And I don't like seeing everybody so quick to say, yeah, yeah, I'm team Jack Dorsey. He says, release all the files. No, Jack Dorsey could have released all the files during the election. He could have stepped in and not censored that story. But he didn't. He let it go on. And now it looks like he may, you know, Jack to Elon, can we just get the doxing over with? What? Doxing? This file left leaning Gizmodo. If you haven't been following, Musk has been airing the platform's dirty laundry in public for the past week or so. Last Friday, the tech CEO hailed the release of the Twitter files, an expose by investigative journalist Matt Taibbi that involves internal documents about the company. Don't remember the post incident? Well, apologies for the multitude of digressions. The whole situation is sort of complicated. Yes, we, everyone knows you know, what's going, you know, what was happening with that. I don't think that this is any kind of doxing situation, but I don't know why people are so quick to forgive Jack Dorsey or to act like Jack Dorsey's the good guy here. Everybody should be remembering that all of this happened under Jack Dorsey's astute leadership. I don't believe that Jack didn't know what was going on in his own company. If Jack even used Twitter, he certainly knew about the New York Post story and about the censorship because it was one of the biggest outrages on Twitter in my lifetime. So this idea that Jack Dorsey is some reformed guy and he's you know on the side of free speech, baloney. I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Dorsey himself had deleted, uh, had been deleting files. Maybe he's scrubbed the files so so deeply that he's not even worried. I don't think they need to dox low-level employees, at least publicly. Although I do think that this, you know, the information needs to get out there and citizen journalists need to go through it and make connections. It, the hive mind is far more powerful um, in this case. And we need to find out who these people work for, where'd they leave, where'd they go to work for after they work for Twitter, how many of them are working for the Biden administration now. All these things are important so that we don't repeat these mistakes in the future. And so we can look at Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and all this stuff with a similar line of scrutiny because another kind of another big election's coming up. And I, for one, don't exactly want social media deciding having to put its finger on the scales this time. Mm -hmm.